Chapter Twenty Six of the Money Moon. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Money Moon, a Romance by Geoffrey Farnell. Chapter Twenty Six: How the Money Moon Rose. Evening had deepened into night, a night of ineffable calm, a night of an all-pervading quietude. A horse snorted in the stable nearby, a dog barked in the distance, but these sounds served only to render the silence the more profound by contrast. It was indeed a night wherein pixies and elves and goblins and fairies might weave their magic spells, a night wherein tired humanity dreamed those dreams that seemed so hopelessly impossible by day. And over all the moon rose high and higher in solemn majesty, filling the world with her pale loveliness, and brooding over it like the gentle goddess she is. Even the distant dog seemed to feel something of all this, for, after a futile bark or two, he gave it up altogether, and was heard no more. And Bellew, gazing up at Luna's pale serenity, smiled and nodded, as much to say, You'll do, and so stood leaning upon his spade, listening to, that deep hush which seems a sigh breathed by earth to listening sky now all at once upon this quietude there rose a voice upraised in fervent supplication wherefore treading very softly bellew came and peeping round the hayrick beheld small porges upon his knees he was equipped for travel and the perils of the road for beside him lay a stick and tied to this stick was a bundle that bulged with his most cherished possessions his cheeks were wet with great tears that glistened in the moonbeams but he wept with eyes tight shut and with his small hands clasped close together and thus he spoke albeit much shaken and hindered by sobs i i suppose you think i bother you an awful lot dear lord and so i do but you haven't sent the money moon yet you see and now my auntie Anthea's got to leave dapplemere if i don't find the fortune for her soon i know i'm crying a lot and real men don't cry but it's only cause i'm awful lonely and disappointed and nobody can see me so it doesn't matter but dear lord i've looked and looked everywhere and i haven't found a single sovereign yet and i've prayed to you and prayed to you for the money moon and it's never come so now dear lord i'm going to africa and i want you to please take care of my auntie anthea till i come back sometimes i'm afraid my prayers can't quite manage to get up to you cause of the clouds and wind but to-night there isn't any so if they do reach you please oh please let me find the fortune and if you don't mind let him come back to me dear lord i mean my uncle porges you know and now that's all dear lord so amen as the prayer ended bellew stole back and coming to the gate of the rickyard leaned there waiting and presently as he watched he saw a small figure emerge from behind the big haystack, and come striding manfully toward him, his bundle upon his shoulder, and with the moon bright in his curls. But all at once small Porges saw him and stopped, and the stick and bundle fell to the ground and lay neglected. "'Why, my Porges!' said Bellew, a trifle huskily, perhaps. "'Why, shipmate!' 
and he held out his hands. Then Small Porges uttered a cry, and came running, and next moment Big Porges had him in his arms. "'Oh, Uncle Porges, then you have come back to me!' "'Aye, aye, shipmate. Why, then, my prayers did reach!' "'Why, of course. Prayers always reach, my Porges. Then, oh, do you suppose I shall find the fortune, too?' "'Not a doubt of it. Just look at the moon.' "'The moon? Why, haven't you noticed how er, peculiar it is to-night?' Uh, peculiar repeated small porges breathlessly turning to look at it why yes my porges big you know and er uh, yellow like uh, like a very large sovereign do you mean oh do you mean it's the but here small porges choked suddenly and could only look his question well, the money moon oh yes there it is at last my porges take a good look at her i don't suppose we shall ever see another Small Porges stood very still, and gazed up at the moon's broad yellow disk, and as he looked the tears welled up in his eyes again, and a great sob broke from him. "'I'm so glad,' he whispered, "'so awful glad.' Then suddenly he dashed away his tears and slipped his small trembling hand into Bellows. "'Quick, Uncle Porges,' said he, "'Mr. Grimes is coming to-night, you know, and we must find the money in time.' "'Where shall we look first? "'Well, I guess uh, the orchard will do, to start with. "'Then let's go, now.' "'But we shall need a couple spades, shipmate.' "'Oh, must we dig?' "'Yes, I fancy that's a, a, a digging moon, my porges, from the look of it. "'Ah, there's a spade, nice and handy. "'You take that, and I'll, uh, I'll manage with this pitchfork. "'But you can't dig with a—' "'Oh, well, you can do the digging, and I'll just uh, prod, you know. "'Ready? Then heave ahead, shipmate.' So they set out, hand in hand, spade and pitchfork on shoulder, and presently were come to the orchard. "'It's an awful big place to dig up a fortune in,' said Small Porges, glancing about. "'Where do you suppose we'd better begin?' "'Well, shipmate, between you and me, and the pitchfork here, I rather fancy King Arthur knows more than most people would think. Anyway, we'll try him. You dig on that side, and I'll prod on this.' Saying which, Bellew pointed to a certain spot where the grass looked somewhat uneven and peculiarly bumpy, and, bidding small porges get to work, went round to the other side of the great tree. Being there, he took out his pipe, purely from force of habit, and stood with it clenched in his teeth, listening to the scrape of small Porges's spade. Presently he heard a cry, a panting, breathless cry, but full of joy unspeakable. "'I've got it! Oh, Uncle Porges! i found it!' Small Porges was down upon his knees, pulling and tugging at a sack he had partially unearthed, and which, with Bellew's aid, he dragged forth into the moonlight. In the twinkling of an eye the string was cut, and plunging in a hand, small Porges brought up a fistful of shining sovereigns, and among them a crumpled banknote. "'It's all right, Uncle Porges,' he nodded, his voice all of a quaver. "'It's all right now. I found the fortune I've prayed for. Gold, you know, and banknotes in a sack. 
everything will be all right now and while he spoke he rose to his feet and lifting the sack with an effort swung it across his shoulder and set off toward the house is it heavy shipmate awful heavy he panted but i don't mind it's gold you see but as they crossed the rose garden bellew laid a restraining hand upon his shoulder porges said he where is your auntie anthea in the drawing-room waiting for mr grimes then come this way and turning bellew led small porges up and along the terrace now my porges he admonished him when we come to the drawing-room windows they're open you see i want you to hide with me in the shadows and wait until i give you the word ay ay captain panted small porges when i say heave ahead shipmate why then you will take your treasure upon your back and march straight into the room you understand ay ay captain why then come on and mum's the word very cautiously they approached the long french windows and paused in the shadow of a great rose-bush near by from where he stood bellow could see anthea and miss priscilla and between them sprawling in an easy chair was grimes while adam hat in hand scowled in the background all i can say is is i'm very sorry for you miss anthea grimes was saying ah that i am but glad as you've took it so well no crying nor nonsense here he turned to look at miss priscilla whose everlasting sewing had fallen to her feet and lay there all unnoticed while her tearful eyes were fixed upon anthea standing white-faced beside her and when when shall ye be ready to uh, leave to vacate dapplemere miss anthea grimes went on not as i mean to hurry your mind only i should like you to uh, name a day now as bellew watched he saw anthea's lips move but no sound came miss priscilla saw also and catching the nerveless hand drew it to her bosom and wept over it come come expostulated grimes jingling the money in his pockets come come miss anthea ma'am all as i'm axing you is when all as i want you to do is but here adam who had been screwing and ringing at his hat now stepped forward and tapping grimes upon the shoulder pointed to the door mr grimes said he miss anthea's told you all as you come here to find out she's told you as she can't pay so now suppose you go but all i want to know is when she'll be ready to move and i ain't a-going till i do so you get out of my way suppose you go repeated adam get out of my way do you hear because adam went on if you don't mr grimes the old adam be a-rising inside of me to that degree as i shall be forced to catch you by the collar of your jacket and heave you out mr grimes sir so suppose you go hereupon mr grimes rose put on his hat and muttering to himself stamped indignantly from the room and adam shutting the door upon him turned to miss anthea who stood white-lipped and dry-eyed while gentle little miss priscilla fondled her listless hand don't don't look that way miss anthea said adam i'd rather see you cry than look so it'd be hard to have to let the old place go but heave ahead shipmate whispered bellew obedient to his command small porges with his burden upon his back ran forward and stumbled into the room 
"'It's all right, Auntie Anthea,' he cried. "'I've got the fortune for you. i found the money I prayed for. Oh, here it is! Oh, here it is!' The sack fell jingling to the floor, and, next moment, he had poured a heap of shining gold and crumpled banknotes at Anthea's feet. For a moment no one moved. Then, with a strange, hoarse cry, Adam had flung himself down upon his knees and caught up a great handful of the gold. Then, while Miss Priscilla sobbed with her arms about small Porges, and Anthea stared down at the treasure, wide-eyed, and with her hands pressed down upon her heart, Adam gave a sudden, great laugh, and, springing up, came running out through the window, never spying Bellow in his haste, and shouting as he ran, "'Grimes!' he roared. "'Oh, Grimes, come back and be paid! Come back! We've had our little joke with you! Now come back and be paid!' Then at last Anthea's stony calm was broken, her bosom heaved with tempestuous sobs, and next moment she had thrown herself upon her knees, and had clasped her arms about small Porges and Aunt Priscilla, mingling kisses with her tears. As for Bellew, he turned away, and, treading a familiar path, found himself beneath the shadow of King Arthur. Therefore he sat down, and, lighting his pipe, stared up at the glory of the full-orbed moon. "'Happiness,' said he, speaking his thought aloud, "'happiness shall come riding astride the full moon. Now I wonder. End of chapter twenty six.